This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to this episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, we have another very special guest in the one and only unique form of Mr. Darren Green. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Mr. Green to introduce himself and tell us who he is, what he does and how we ended up on Property Jam. Thanks so much, Joe. I've never had such a, a, an amazing um, introduction as that. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm Darren Green. I'm a property investor, hence I guess why, why I'm on Property Jam maybe. But, um, but yeah, I've been a little bit about me. I've been investing up in, I'm based up in Scotland. I now, now reside in Ayrshire, although formerly in Glasgow. And I've been investing for about five years with my wife, Jill. We done a, we've done a bit of property education. We had the like maybe a, quite a similar story where became a dad for the first time. Both been working corporate jobs and went, what the hell are we doing? Uh, we need to be spending way more time doing things that we enjoy and that whole financial freedom and time freedom and whatnot. So yeah, we done some property education and that got us into a stack of debt and effectively meant. We had to kind of make it work yes. for back for against the wall. So again, yeah, done that. similar you've got, story. You've got four ticks over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it is that age old, you know, middle lane of the motorway kind of, you've kind of got a, a slow lane where life's quite, quite painful, the fast lane where you're quite creative and you're expansive. I was stuck in the middle lane and needed to kind of get into almost that amount of debt to, to kind of claw our way out of it. So um, thankfully we did do, we loaded a ton of debt on our backs and um, and off we went and started buying property. So all non-sexy stuff, it's been uh, small baby buy-to-lets properties across central Scotland. We uh, ventured out into, uh, down, down south, uh, well it's up north for, for you guys, but down south to, uh, to Wallasey, picked up our first HMO deal last year. And, and yeah, we're moving into commercial now, we're kind of seeing that there's quite a bit of um, more interest for us. So we spent a bit of time in commercial. We're just um, going through the process of convincing that just now and learning lots. Um, again, just dipping our toe in the water from a commercial side. So, so yeah, we're, we're both, my wife and I are both full-time in property now. And I guess it's one of those things we've, we've loved the, the time that it's given us with the kids. Um, I've only got a, I've got two kids, Lauren. We had another um, quickly, quickly followed by Murray, who's who's four, and now we've both left our full time jobs. A case of we're looking to kind of expand and grow because what's got us here has been fantastic. But obviously, as you well know, I've I, I've never thought of property as kick your feet up, pipe slippers, and you know it's it's this whole um, laptop lifestyle. Uh, there what? always has to be something else driving. So <laughs> no one told me that. <laughs> cancel, cancel property, cancel it yeah, all. I, I was actually, I was at a, I run a quite geeky, but I run a Robert Kiyosaki like a cash flow board game night with mm. some local investors in Glasgow. I've run it a few times, and we had one, and some of my mastermind group were in it, and they're saying, "Hey, listen, see when you get out of the rat race and you get like ten times your salary." It's like, yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Like, no, no one gives you. <laughs> 10 times your passive income when you leave 
you've just got your passive income. So, um, so yeah, I've kind of split my time now between, I guess, property investment. I do a bit of property coaching slash um, mentoring and I'm a transformational coach. That's the stuff that for the last two years of my employment, that was the thing that I was like, right, that's the business I'm going to launch when I've got the time. You know, when money's no longer an issue for me, that's the stuff that I'm really, that's the, that's the thing I'm passionate about. Oh man. So like transformation as in like personal life transformation, like transitioning yeah, life, out of so, career and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I do, I've got a life, I, I guess I really like, or I, I dislike the stigma attached to certain kind of labels like executive coach or business coach or life coach. Mm. Um, but I guess I do a mix of all of that. Um, because it is really dependent when when I'm dealing with an individual there'll be things about their career or their business or uh, just elements about if they're a property investor as well it's like that's just one component of your life but you kind of can't deal with that individual without seeing everything Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah I really love that side of what I'm able to do now yeah that's really cool it's so funny though do you know when you were talking it made me think like there's certain job titles that we carry that cause people and by people I just mean the wider world out there to roll their eyes or be judgmental and you've got two of them you tell people you're a transformational coach they'll be like oh my god it's right investor. Oh, here we go. Yeah, that- yeah, yeah. Here we, go. we all get it yeah. we all get it it's still like oh god not another one it's like when someone says oh they're a personal trainer oh god not another one you know like there's, there's certain job titles that just carry stigma and you've got two yeah. I know. I don't know whether you've done too intentionally there, Joe, as well. But <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's like we you end up like because we're all the same. We all do sort of mentoring, coaching similarly, and you just have this hesitation before you tell someone what you do because you're like, are you going to be a dickhead about this? <laughs> <laughs> now, how do I word this so you you get it without thinking I'm a dickhead? Yes. <laughs> Because it's so important and it's so necessary and increasingly so, you know, so the investment side, I guess, to kind of set up yourself, but then on the, the transformation side, because it's fulfilling and it obviously, you know, creates impact and, and you know, and helps people. But still, we just get like <laughs> stigmatized, don't we? But I remember even when I started investing in property the very first time, I was trying to get everybody else to do the same thing, like all my family and friends, because this was great and, you know. <laughs> the passive income they could create honestly i think it probably made more enemies than their friends they just did not want to hear it (laughs) that is that is honestly every coach that like i know i work with i'm on masterminds and growth academies with with other coaches every new coach that comes through does that and obviously it's the barriers to entry are obviously a lot lower you're just like give you some coaching no no no, i'm fine like my rule is never coach your family never coach your friends just like avoid 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 like when I try and coach my wife she just smells it's like straight 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 off the bat listen don't coach me (laughs) I've had so many arguments with my ex about this because he trained as a life coach and what would happen is you'd be sort of lying watching tv in bed one night and then all of a sudden he'd just be like I'd be moaning about something he's like and what's causing you to feel like that fuck what are you doing no don't try don't don't even try it we're not we're not doing that Yeah, I think I, I maybe had once or twice and then and then I, I got the message so, so yeah, yeah you, you learn the hard way definitely, definitely. <laughs> so but you guys are in property together then so you actually are a, a, a duo a duo yeah and listen um I guess when we started Joe was on maternity leave 
So like that was like very, very tough, but it actually gave us a lot of opportunity because it was, you know, the best part of a year. And certainly with one child, it, it felt okay. When the second one came along, then that was a bit more challenging because you're juggling nursery and 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 kind of a newborn baby who wasn't quite as easy. But um, but yeah, we've always been in it together. And I think I was I was listening to another podcast about this, just about kind of relationships and how you can bond as relationships. But I think doing coming through adversity together and like doing something together, you kind of get a, this weird mix of um, overcoming challenge and fear and kind of pulling through for each other which really, really bonds your relationship. And you get this great um, oxytocin release from the highs when you've got a remortgage through or you've got a new property sale or something like that. And you can both kind of enjoy that moment together. So I, I think like, people will have, you know, people will probably be, you know, against me on this one. But I think it's just, it's been so great for us as a couple. It's strengthened us more than anything because it's like, it's our joint venture that pretty much nobody really understands because it's unique to us. Yeah, it's nice. You need to listen to episode 58 of Property Jam because we got into this like so deeply. Um, and yeah, it's really interesting. All three of us have really different experiences of, of that partnership. And um yeah, like we've also, and I, I love it actually when we have sort of couples on because one of the first questions we always ask is how is it, genuinely, how is it working together when you're like business and bed partners? Because, you know, it's just that added layer of complexity, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd maybe, I'd email Lexi just in the preparation for the podcast because I was managing drop-off. You, you, the kids are a little bit older, one's at school now, and we find that we can't, we have to dovetail really you know a lot and I think Jill got really used to um I guess having her having the run of it she left uh, corporate employment a couple of years before me and then and then I joined after here's here's my daughter in true to form hello human side of property we've actually got a family member in the house notifications are off but um but we've got human ones (laughs) I love it let me just grab that door (laughs) human notifications But, but yeah so I think I think I was saying Jill um, Jill left a little bit before, so she was running the business and managing it and had up, built up all those relationships. And then then I left, and it's like, hey, right, so what bits am I going to take? Yeah. And I think that transition was quite difficult for us because up until mm. then it was like I was the debt monkey that paid the bills in the house, and Jill just kind of had the run of the property business and added the bits she didn't like, and that that was kind of how we worked it. And then after that, I think that transition kind of we had to recognize what were the things that we actually were good at and were valuable and were bringing the best to the business and um, uh, and what weren't we and kind of have some honest and open kind of communication about that. So but I think like the last year, year and a half, probably we've been in that space. It's um, it's actually been really good. We've actually tried to focus more on what we're doing outside of property than what we do in it which is which has been really nice because we've both now had that had that time mm. so we like we drop the kids off or put them into nursery and then go and have a strategy session at the at the gym or spa or something like that and chill out for a couple of hours and I think that's the type of stuff where you do a lot of great thinking you think about your strategy of where do we want to be what goals do we want to set and just kind of checking in with each other on a regular basis so that's been really nice Oh, that's so great. Matt, you can probably relate to a lot of that, can't you? Uh, yeah, I was also going to say it's also, also the, the right time of year 
to be setting goals. I think most people um, probably set their goals already, um, or if they haven't, you know, now is the time to be sort of thinking about it over, over the, the holiday period. But you're right, because I work with my partner um, and, oh, sorry, my now wife. Yeah, man, she's been upgraded. Yep. Give her her status. <laughs> yeah, my, my now wife. Um, and um, she's nothing to do with the property side of the business, but helps on all of the operations of our, of our training, coaching, uh, sourcing, you know, all, all of that. She um, dives in and um, kind of gets stuck in. So we, I've had to let go control. I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, and to be honest, that's the same when because Niall and I work together at Scott Baker Properties, and uh, I think that was also a thing for working together as a business partnership, was because you end up doing the same things, um, and uh, you're stepping on each other's toes, getting annoyed with each other. So yeah, I think that roles and responsibilities is quite important for us. But it sounds like you, um, I don't know, do, do you have like very clear roles between the two, of you, or do you like um, have like a handover? So you're doing nine to five, and you're doing five to nine. <laughs> No, I mean, I think like anything to do with, see, once you get, we get the keys, that's Jill's work. So I think we're both kind of split. We'll both look at certain deals um, with the exception that like when I picked up the HMO because it was remote, I just managed that kind of that whole process. And we're just going through the refinance at the moment. But that that was something which I just managed myself and um, that was in and of itself. But for everything else, I think we've we've. Oh, hold up. Oh, oh whoa, oh, whoa. Can I just say, see? You just, you just said the, uh, the buzzword. What's this, that? In and of itself. So this is a saying that I always <laughs> throw on the podcast. I always throw, and the boys have always insulted me. Go, word, word, word bingo. Yeah, word, <laughs> yeah. Let's So Niall's saying is on the long finger, which Matt and I are like, what the fuck? No one says that. Like, it's an Irish thing. And then I, I used, in the early days of Property Jam, I would find myself mm-hmm. saying in and of itself all the time. And they used to look at me and say, what else would you be talking about? Yeah. Yeah. it's a thing and Darren has just proved it so you two just suck it up and listen there you go thank you Darren <laughs> carry on with this it was journey I thought it was journey because I was like oh no you can't say the J word but yeah, really oh true. journey and, what, and patch and patch yeah journey and patch yeah we call it yeah. Yeah. We've, we've replaced journey with adventure adventure <laughs> we love our property adventures yeah, <laughs> sorry you were mid-flow there sorry, I know I, I can't remember where I was now we, we, we need the in and of itself buzz, buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that you're asking just around the like split of roles. Yeah. I think we're still working on the stuff that happens before, but basically as soon as you get the keys, I kind of recognise I get bored as soon as we get the keys to a new project. And Jill's built up the relationship. She's got the, the build team in place, some of which are our family. And I, it's just easier for that to, to get to get managed um, by Jill. She's a lot better at it as well. So we kind of split it a bit in terms of depending on what project we get um, before we get the keys. And then after that, it's on to Jill. Yeah, Jill sounds like a girl after my own heart, actually, because up until the keys, I literally just, oh, I switch off, Darren. Honestly, it's the most boring thing on earth, isn't it? Like, I just can't, I can't deal with it. You know, finding the deal, one of the numbers, negotiating, viewing, you know, conveyancing, mortgages. Honestly, I just like, you know, but as soon as you give me the keys on site, I'm like, <laughs> let's go. Love it. Yeah, I mean, supposedly you've got to, you've got to take the things. Like I, I worked in spreadsheets. I'm a statistician by trade. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I tra- trained in management science and sports studies, a weird sort of mix because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
Um, but yeah, it ended up in statistics, doing a lot of work, like forecasting, projection and things like that for corporate. Um, and therefore, I look at a spreadsheet every day. Like I say, like, oh, what's the income coming in? Where are we going? What could we buy with that? How much? What's our gap in finance that we need to go and raise for the next projects we want to do? Um, yeah, that's how I reduce anxiety is through yeah. through spending time with spreadsheets. Which that's what that's, that's what causes me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, yeah. My wife says that too. That's why I do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's good that you have that balance. So it's great. So yeah, That's I'm gonna I'm gonna put Matt on the spot here because poor Matt has still got the Lurgy, which you'll remember from the last yeah. episode, oh, recording on the yeah. same day. So I'm gonna get Matt to ask a question at least because he might be quiet for the rest of the episode. So do you have a question for Darren? You are really putting <laughs> me on the spot here. I did ask one. I just asked the last question, which is what we, your the question, the one we always ask. Oh, we always ask um, on the podcast. What does the human side of property mean uh, to you? Thank there you go. You can shut up now. See, you, you can go back on mute. Human side of property. So, well, my company is Mila Homes. We all we spent a bit of time thinking, like spending some time with my good friend, who's actually my co-host on my podcast, um, on our brand. But we kind of came up with this transforming lives through property and we're like well what does that mean so I guess when you're saying what's the human side of property I kind of see all the opportunity that it can give us as investors but obviously the 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 people we're serving so there's still a lot of like bad quality houses out there it's like giving people a place that they can go and make their own and not have to worry about you know adding to the to the daily mail's agenda of slum landlords etc so really providing a you know, safe, clean, affordable house house for, for, for people to move into. That's just been something we've been really passionate about. And then just working within communities and creating, creating great communities as well. So something that we spent a bit of time with is creating um, communities up in Glasgow, across central Scotland, that we work with online and meet up in person, play cash flow and all of this sort of stuff, where as an investor, you can feel so lonely and... I think just coming together and recognizing like none of us are in competition with each other. There's enough for everyone. And you just feel a lot stronger and more confident, I think, when you can sit down, have a bit of a laugh, chat some property, chat a whole load of non-property stuff, um, and, and ultimately just kind of grow, grow together as a community. So I really love that side of stuff. So yeah, that would probably be that would probably be what I see as the human side of the property. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, where you're, perhaps your friends and family might not necessarily understand or agree or be on board with what you're doing. So having that network or that group of people that you can rely on to, to talk about the human side of when the shit hits the fan or when things are going really well, because they will understand where you are and what you're going through. Yeah. 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 That's really Maybe cool. human side of properties in the background still. Yeah, human notifications. I'm enjoying them a lot. If I had my phone, I'd be texting the wife just now just to see. Like, put no, them no, in no, the like room. We've got a padded room we put them into. Uh, <laughs> podcast, but must have, someone must have let them out. God damn it. <laughs> How dare they feel free to roam around their own home? How dare they? <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice answer, actually. I think the whole people element um, comes up a lot when that question, you know, gets asked. But mm. I, th I think the one thing that probably, you know, we don't talk about enough is the diversification of that, because like you say, it's the mastermind. And then it's kind of like, you know, the games and the, the social side of things. And you, you find different tribes in different areas, don't you, to kind of sponsor the journey? Because it is, it is lonely. I don't think anyone understands this. It is so lonely. We should do a whole episode on loneliness in property. It's a thing. That might not be to the property jam theme, though. I don't know. Like, you know, it's quite upbeat and and fun. Like we do, we do have an episode called Fear, another one called yeah. Stress. <laughs> Here we Back go. In the day before we knew what we were doing with episode titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when they weren't very intriguing in the early days, like they did exactly what they said on the tin. I wonder what this episode's about. <laughs> Builders. <laughs> Money. <laughs> yeah, it was quite so. Yeah. One thing that one thing that's intriguing me actually, uh, as we talk about being intrigued, is as a former statistician and someone that loves spreadsheets, do you find it difficult actually to get a deal across the line? Are you like analysis paralysis because of your background or? No, and, I, and I, that's probably worked against me when I was in my corporate career towards the end, because I used to just hire people that were much more detail-oriented than me, and there was always friction and like personality-wise, but I knew just that they'd be able to cross the cross the t's, dot the i's that potentially I wouldn't. So okay. I think I, you know, certainly the last few years. Um, in corporate I, I just like switched completely towards that and it's something it's probably one of the main things that I would say to anyone that I'm coaching or mentoring is probably the first thing is like focus just stay in your own lane don't worry about everything else that's happening but the other thing and I actually wanted to measure this I was on a call last night with the guys and I said I'd love to be able to um, rate a KPI or measure a KPI between time of viewing and offer if you can get that as short as possible, I think you'll you'll have a much better chance of being able to get a deal. And I think that's partly around the uh, doing your homework beforehand and making sure that you're in a position to be able to negotiate there if you if possible if the if the opportunity arises. But you're not the further you're away from that property, I think the more fear sets in. The more you go around your numbers, the more time you go oh no I'll offer, but the number doesn't quite work, and but just throw it in anyway. So I think, like, I, I, I would say I'm probably a bit like, yeah, it'll be fine, fly by the seat of my pants, the numbers are roughly there, it's okay. Am I going to worry about it in 10 years' time? You know, if I've, if I've missed a couple of windows that need fitted or um, there's a couple last night where they're not having to rip out the kitchen, like, that's fairly expensive, maybe four grand, five grand mistake that they're going to have to put in, but it's like, that's a maybe year, year and a bit's cash flow for them. Are you going to worry about it in 10 years' time? And I guarantee you will not make that lesson again, but you pulled the trigger and got the got the deal done in the first place. So, yeah. so to answer your question, no. But, um, yeah, I, I'm probably the opposite of that. It's quite weird. Mm, it's interesting. It wasn't yeah. expecting you to say that. Yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, that, that's how my brain works. I'm like, more or less, <laughs> does this stack? <laughs> <laughs> is is there a need for this thing that I'm producing? Yeah. Do the numbers broadly stack? Sure. Like offer. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, I have a cash flowing asset at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Will, yeah. will I have a few I'm... hurdles? Have I forgotten something? Probably. 
I mean, this is like the, the just to like I outsourced a lot of stuff. What I've recognised since we've left, or the closer that we've got and evolved in our property adventure, I guess, is to try and put ourselves again like around other people. So we never done any training in HMOs. So it was like, well, who's doing HMOs? So we get around that, and I want to have the confidence to be able to pull the trigger quickly on them. Yeah. And then commercial, who's around commercial? So go and spend some time with people in commercial space mm. and. When we're analysing deals for that, it's like, well, what's the, again, it's no difference. Like, what's the end? What do we think the end value is? All right. How much money are we going to end up kind of needing to invest in it and get into that deal to, to, to kind of get it going? And then is there a demand at the back end for what it is that we're trying to produce? And for this commercial unit, it's a bit of an unknown still for us. Like, we're buying it in mid-January, touch wood. And we're, my thoughts around the exit for it are it's half it's half occupied at the moment so half full half empty whatever way you want to look at it but we'll either kind of put two or three fri leases in the top or we might do something a little bit different and put you know flexible office space in on on licenses both of which have their pros and cons and we also might have a residential like convert them to flats run them as service accommodation because they've got external entrances um but we're kind of quite it's weird how we've grown to a point of being quite relaxed without really knowing the the exit for sure. It's like, look, if it was any of those, it still kind of works. So, yeah, let's do it. Do you know, this is so um, relevant to an episode that we recorded recently on this exact topic. It was just the three of us. And we were just talking about how at some point intuition kicks in. But intuition is based on sort of like quantifiable evidence that you can see in front of you. But also it's like experience because you're like, well, if it's not that, it could be that or it could be that. And I'm not the master of that yet, but I can be probably through this process. And you just have this sort of inherent relaxed attitude that it will work out however it works out which means the pressure's off at the point of acquisition a little bit right yeah I'm just I'm laughing listening to you now and I'm going like it's going to go tits up and <laughs> speak to you in a year from now and it's like I don't talk about that commercial deal uh, that I was mentioning it ruined him Darren's <laughs> one living in a tent somewhere <laughs> in <the field. laughs> awesome. and uh, I believe you have come prepared with a question for us as well I do. I do have a question. So I, I guess as a, as a life business transformational coach, I guess I'd love to know. Oh, you're not one of them, are you? You're not, not one of them. Not your, not your property uh, lesson, but what's been your best life lesson that you've had? Oh, my God. Oh, oh shit. Uh, oh, oh no. life lesson that I've had. Mm, this is big, Darren. That is, that is big, yeah. I think it's probably for me. It, it probably comes down to, um, hmm, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what it comes down to. That is, I think, I think mine actually links back to the conversation we were just having about uh, trusting yourself. I think, um, and that links to intuition. So very rarely has my gut feeling or intuition been wrong in fact I actually can't think of one occasion when it's just been wrong and sometimes what's happened is when that kind of gut feeling has crept in logic has overruled it and I think logic has a place in intuition but there's something about 
just ignoring your gut instinct and going against it because you think something on paper makes more sense and it's it's like actually no come back to what the reasons are around where that feeling's coming from um because actually I've made some fairly huge decisions in my life that involved ignoring my gut instinct that have had kind of you know not regrettable but certainly life impactful consequences that had I listened to my gut in the first place I probably would have taken a different path and I don't know if that path would have necessarily been better but I think I would have been more aligned with it if that makes sense so I think now as I get older I'm just in a place where I instead of worrying about pleasing anybody else or worrying what everybody else thinks in response to a decision that I'm making is going inwards and just doing a little check on what feels intuitively like the thing that I need to do and that's taken years to have the confidence and the trust in myself to kind of rely on amazing what an amazing answer I think like that like even just hearing that is one thing that I always wish that if we can all understand ourselves a little bit better like earlier on in life as as much Mm. as possible but also it's a skill to be able to tap into that like you've got that skill now yeah it sounds like you've had to learn like you've had to pay some some tough prices for 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 learning that but you you understand that now so you can kind of tap into it what an amazing skill to have in business and life just you know in general um amazing love that great to be honest, mine's not a million miles away from that because I worked in the corporate world like you did um, prior to becoming uh, a property investor developer. And um, I was never satisfied in that role uh, or in that industry. Uh, and I kept moving from job to job, from place to place, thinking that the next job that I get, because it's better paid or because it's in London or because it's uh, with a specific organization that it'll be, I'll be happier. Um, when in reality, I did not want to be in that, in that type of uh, job, in that type of role. But I, uh, I guess similarly, I never had the confidence to actually do anything about it. I just kept moving and kept changing. And then it wasn't until um, my, my dad passed away um, back in 2015, 2014, um that that was like a wake-up call for me there's like a kick in the ass it's like hang on a second what the hell are you doing um and three months later i joined the property training and life's taken off since then so i think for me it's, it's a case of fear um self-belief confidence and just putting myself getting myself out of that comfort zone because reliant on the nine to five the, the secure income that I was getting from that but no real uh, job satisfaction or life satisfaction out of it yeah so I think I think mine is more around um I've always been someone who's like I can do it myself and be right I'm a bit of a control freak so life lesson would be more around kind of letting go asking for help getting support and um, doing it earlier than you think. Mm. So it's, it's similar to getting teams in earlier than you think you need them. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny, we talk about you know, this transformational life coach thing. People go, oh, it's another, another coach. Um, you know, people obviously aren't, aren't quite ready yet, but that's the time where they probably need to start thinking about it because um, the sooner you start, the sooner you get the results. Um, but I'm also very aware that you can't move. You know, you, some people are very immovable. 
Um, so becoming movable and flexible is something which I've had to learn um, over, over the years. So, yeah, I think that's probably me. Yeah. You have to be ready, right? You have to be mm. in the right headspace to yeah. be able to make those decisions. Yeah, I, I said I can't remember the phrases, but it's like you know when when the when the when the pupil's ready or something, the teacher the teacher will appear. So you can't kind of you can't force someone to have that introspection. Like I actually really dislike the question is like, what would you tell your twenty year old self? Well, I, well, great with all this wisdom, but twenty years ago, I'm probably not going to be um, in a place where I'm going to listen to that. I'm like, no, this yeah, you're going, granddad. <laughs> and, and and therefore uh, there is an element of maturity and kind of whether whether it's idealistic to think can you get to a point where you can learn those lessons earlier without maybe going through the same pain and and heartache I guess that some of us have um I think I think yeah that um that that would be great mm. but that's what I try and that's what I try and do particularly with guys we're, we're kind of more more so than not ego-led and kind of it's like I've got this it's cool I'll figure this out and um it's actually it's, it's really it's really nice if you can be vulnerable to know that you don't have enough you don't have all the answers it's like yeah. cool even just sometimes getting stuff out your head is is just just talking at something um I always say as a, as a coach if I'm if I'm nothing else I'm just a lamppost for someone so I shine a light on them and they could just talk at me and that's cool oh and I love that uh, oh there's a, I'm sure there's something in our episode title around lamppost there that was brilliant I think that's great. <laughs> that was that was a verbal prompt the to write something <laughs> down <laughs> no I was thinking what you were saying actually about the readiness and like what you and Niall were saying and like I was teaching a I was teaching property at the weekend and I had a wee guy in my class oh my god he was so cute he was 19 years old right I had one 21 year old and one 19 year old one was like yeah I'm gonna you know raise the money and I'm gonna come forward and I'm gonna do some advanced training and I'm gonna be this and I was just like hell no <laughs> like seriously no like you're not ready but what was really unusual about the other 19 year old the younger one was that he was ready and for some reason he had a head on his shoulders that most 19 year olds do not have he was kind of worldly and he he'd gone to university just started had kind of made the decision that the course he'd chosen in engineering was not for him he had a bit of life perspective from some sort of childhood trauma so he'd had lots of life lessons that had brought him to a place in his life far sooner than the average person but it meant he was tuning into that and it meant that he was in a position where he could consider making property his thing and I was actually like yeah I would encourage you to go for it because if I look back at my 19 year old self it's exactly what you said Darren no way no way I'd have been like yeah jog on like I would just be like I'm going out I'm having fun I, I wasn't ready so there is something about that headspace that you have to be in regardless of your age that allows you to make really big decisions about where you go in your life property or otherwise um, and I think property really shines a light on that going back to lampposts yeah yeah, it does. Yeah, it's big. Great question. The answers. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Right, should we do a bit of episode roulette? Is it that time? I do believe so. Do you want to do it now or shall I? I don't mind. Yeah, you do it. I feel like I feel like I'm gonna to delegate to you. I feel like I don't know, it feels right. I'm gonna go with my gut, my intuition. Do it. Okay. So just as a recap, uh, Darren, we're going I'm gonna scroll through all of our previous episodes. Yeah, you shout stop at any point and then give us your human view on that particular topic, whatever we land on. 
let me just get to the beginning here. Cool. Okay, so I am now scrolling. Stop. Oh, episode 22, FOMO. What, do you suffer from FOMO? Is that a thing do you? you? Know what? I do, I do. I'm, this is probably goes back to what I was saying about staying in your lane. Probably the number one thing that I see distraction for, for people is this idea of FOMO, I guess, looking at what other people are doing. It's like, oh, I should be doing service accommodation. Everyone's looking for service accommodation now. That's what we need. Um, or it's HMOs, and it, listen, it's been it's been everything. I like I'm biased because I think I describe our like how we built our portfolio up is quite boring. We just did lots and lots and lots of buy to lets, but that to us was like comfortable maybe, and we did need to stretch ourselves at some point. But I I was always looking around, going, oh, we, we should maybe look over there, or oh, look at this crypto stuff people are talking about. Not even property. It's like oh. What are they doing over there? Like, so yeah, like I absolutely suffer from it. And I think it's maybe part of the human condition from a curiosity point of view that see if we could just manage that as like a little bit better each individually um, and just always check in with where is it that we want to go and just check with ourselves. Maybe a bit like what you said, Joe, you check with your gut. It's like, is this actually rationally and emotionally taking me in the direction that I actually want to travel? Mm. Um, and then if the question, if the answer is no, then there's no longer any fear of missing out because actually there's a conscious acknowledgement. I want to miss out on that because it's not taking me closer to where I want to be. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably the first thing that springs to mind for me. It's like just trying to stay focused, stay in your own lane and kind of almost put the blinkers on a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good point. It's, yeah, it's so hard because in property you can do so many things as well. And you, can, if you see someone who's just does like really amazing, you're like, oh, mm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. no matter how many times we tell ourselves, we need, I still need to remind myself to stop focusing on what other people are doing. Just like you said, keep the blinkers on. Focus yeah. on your own lane. Yeah, it's yeah. Really good for inspiration. But usually, comparing yourselves like the thief of joy, isn't it? Comparison. Yeah. The, the, the only benefit I've found is just it inspires me to do something yeah. maybe a little bit better. But as soon mm. as I catch myself with those negative, like, yeah, you should have done that and you should have done this in your project. And why aren't you investing over there? It's like, no, you're not helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we do one more quick one. So I am scrolling again. Stop. Oh. Oh. Came in hot with that one. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, we're going to end on a high here. Episode twenty-six, stress. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe it's a good one for a, for a, for a coach to be uh, giving us advice on stress. True. <laughs> yeah, and I, stress. I mean, wh whether it's advice or not, I'll definitely give an insight. I think stress for me is something which I've probably had quite a fortunate position from a mental point of view, and I think. There's a lot of this which is down to DNA. I kind of see, I sit on the fence on nurtured nature. It's like half DNA, half kind of environment and in your own cognition to kind of manage. But some of this stuff, I've, I've kind of been blessed. I haven't suffered from kind of what I would say kind of uh, mental illness that has been hereditary. Um, and therefore, from a stress point of view, it's usually been in the 50% that I can control. It's those negative thought patterns which I'm either looking at someone else or I 
feel anxiety usually because it's like, oh, it's not over the line yet. I mean, I get anxiety not getting to the airport on time. I have to be there four hours early before even the, the baggage, is, baggage is opened. Um, but right. I would say something that I do to, to manage that is probably it's all came about since we started investing in property, actually. So one thing about the education community and property, it floods you with all the personal development books. And I got very early on, I got into the habit of not doing daily check-ins, but weekly, because I found daily was just a little bit too much for me. But every week I sat down and I still do this. This is a habit which is like five years old, at least for us. Um, and we'd sit down and just ask four questions. All right. What went well in the week? What didn't? What have I learned? And what am I going to do differently? It doesn't need to be complicated. Some days, some Sundays it takes 20 minutes, some you're there for an hour. But it's important in a few levels. Recognize what you've done well, kind of floods your, your, your brain because we always think of the negatives. We're always looking for danger. So I think we need to kind of pattern interrupt and focus on what stuff we did do well. Could have been, I went to the gym once this week, or it could have been, you know, um, I enjoyed spending time with the kids. I made an afternoon for the kids, but you've got to really focus on that as a skill. So that's what a practice which, I think helps with stress in general because it shifts your thoughts from thinking negatively to positively. And then the other stuff is just about mm. almost cathartic and just getting, getting stuff off your chest. So what didn't go well, write it down. It feels lighter in your head and on your shoulders if you can just get it onto a bit of paper. And mm -hmm. then once it's there, there's always a lesson. It's like if something's bad happened to you, there's always a lesson there. All right. And it's about owning that and saying, right, how can I manage that better in the in, in the future? So rather than going from a, this happened to me in a victim mentality, you write it down, you then look at what the learning is, and that transforms it into empowering you to go and then do something differently in the future. So you can almost let that go because you've taken mm. learning from it. So from a stress point of view, it's probably 50-50, as I've said, I'm kind of blessed that I'm not, I've not kind of had the DNA that's that, that's affected my how I how I kind of think and what, what was on in my brain chemistry but I think I have absolutely improved that at least on a weekly basis to be able to just manage where I'm at and if I'm really really stressed about something that's just like a it's like a valve that I can turn every Sunday that just releases a bit of pressure and gets me going again for Monday like I, I never suffer from Monday blues no this exercise and I think if anyone does that I genuinely think like you feel in control of your life, whether you're a property investor in your job that you hate, you'll still feel in control if you can kind of, if you can go through that type of exercise. So I find that really, really helpful. Oh, that's such a good little take home for our listeners. Thank you. That's, that's yeah. yeah, that's really cool. A good way to end the podcast. After. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just to jump in here and say, thank you very much, Darren, for joining us. Uh, it's been enlightening. Um, to hear about um, all of the things you've had to, sh to share. Um, so if people want to find you, um, how can they get in hold of you? Social media is probably best. I, I've got a website, workinprogresscoaching.co.uk, so you can go and check out my coaching business there. Um, otherwise, check me out on social media, uh, Darren Green Coaching, I think I am, on Instagram, and just Darren Green on... And your podcast. What's your podcast called? My podcast. How could I not mention my podcast? Yeah, so my podcast is purpose over profit so whilst you're on spotify or itunes listening to this um yeah go and check out purpose over profit we call it the pop pod 
So we've got an Instagram page at the Pop Pod. Um, it's not property related, but we do have some property guests from time to time. It's all about, I guess, just finding people with inspiring stories, business owners, career-driven professionals, I guess, that are all about the purpose of what they do over the money that they take in. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, so in Property Jam style, I'll say it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.